0: Hey, good uh, to be here tonight. So I was just telling them if we can do the second song at the end, (laughs) would be good. (laughs) So that was such a good song. We'll do that at the the last. Would be good. Uh, Great to be here tonight, and uh, good to be sharing with you. I was walking uh, with. We have the internship program here at Bridgman, and I think there's eleven or twelve young adults doing that at the moment, Uh, and. And uh, throughout that, uh, that time of those internships, uh, some of us pastors do uh, have, have uh, mentoring with, with those interns. And I was walking with uh, one of the, uh, the guys doing that program. We, we walk through the cemetery is sort of uh, the way we do that. It's beautiful. It sounds weird, but it's really nice to walk through there if you want to. And we we're just walking through there. And that's where we normally chat and just reflect on the things that God's been doing in our lives. And I said on Wednesday, I just said, you know, what's, what's God been teaching you? What's He been showing you recently and uh, he said to me, oh, just there's, there's been a bit of an interesting thing. I'm in this really busy season at the moment. Uh, I've got all these exams. If you're a in here tonight, you've got a lot of exams and assignments on at the moment. And he said, God's been, he's been speaking to me about this concept of the journey and the destination. And uh, he said, at the moment, um, I, I just am so over the journey. I just want to be done. You know what I mean? I just want to be through these assignments, through these exams, I can I can see the other side. And it's like I just want to be there. And I'm I'm so over, you know, the journey to the destination. And he said, actually, but God's been speaking to me a little bit, He's been challenging me about this as to whether that's a, a right heart or not, as to whether there's something actually in the journey. Uh, that, that we miss when we simply look at the destination, when we simply look at the thing that we're journeying towards. And I said, man, that's funny, you know, because actually earlier this week, I was speaking to my wife and we've got a little two-year-old at the moment. And on Mondays, Gemma and I uh, normally take Audrey and we still have a whole heap of activities with her and we uh, we hang out most of the day. And and on Monday, I said oh, um, I said to Gemma, I said, oh, darling, I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but sometimes on a Monday, it almost feels like I'm just wanting to get through the day. I'm just wanting to to get to the point where um, the day's done, and and effectively Audrey's in bed, she's asleep, and and you know what I mean, And it's sort of finished. I don't know whether you can relate uh, to that at all in your life. Maybe you, you might not have a kid, but maybe you do have a kid here tonight and you're thinking, man, Oh, I just, Sundays I just cannot wait to get until the kids are in bed. Or maybe you're a, a school student here tonight and you're thinking, man, I just cannot wait. I cannot wait until that, this particular year is done or school is done and I'm through it. Or maybe you're a uni student here tonight and you're saying, I cannot wait to get this particular set of assignments and exams done so I can get to the holidays and do whatever, 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 I can relax Maybe I can't wait to get through the work week. If you're a worker here tonight, I can't wait for the weekend to come. I can't wait for the holidays to come. I can't wait for retirement to come. Maybe you're at that point in your life. I can't wait for, uh, to be financially free. I can't wait to have earned enough money so that I don't have to earn anymore. And I'm, I'm in this place where I'm not dependent on working or maybe something smaller. I can't wait for the next coffee break. There's this destination that we see and, and it's like, uh, it's like we just we just can't wait to get there the problem with this mentality is that inevitably it means that we end up enduring the journey the journey is a restless one we end up enduring the study we end up enduring the work we end up enduring the kids we end up enduring Parenting, we end up enduring life. I mean, this mentality can even spill over into our spirituality. We say, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven. So sort of, I'm over this here, I'm done with this. It's a restless life. Our, our work is restless, our study is restless, our, our living is restless. As we, as we have this particular destination that we say, I just need to get there. In these moments of, of restlessness, we're not very present. Uh, and, and particularly, we're not present with the people around us in these moments when we're enduring life, when we're in, enduring whatever it is. Others, in fact, only become a, another barrier to getting to the destination. You know, I don't know whether you've ever felt like this. You're, you're about to sit down and play a game maybe. Maybe. You're about to sit down and watch something on Netflix and the request comes through from mum or from dad or from the friend, hey, can you help with this? And you think, oh, you know what I mean? I was just about to get to that, that destination, that thing that I was working towards. And so there's a frustration with that person. And you think that, like, what have they really done to deserve that frustration? We lash out when our spouse has an accident with the car. Great, just, just another bill to pay. Another, a bill to, to set us back from these financial goals that we have in mind. Truly, in these, in these times, life seems to drudge by. Life feels hard, like we're enduring it. We feel squashed. We're more excited about things finishing, things ending, than stepping into something that is new. We don't want anything that's new. We just want things to finish. For no other reason than than the fact that we're weary with life. And this weariness, it, it feels like we're weary of life, but really it's a lack of life. It's not that life is tiresome. It's that we don't have enough life. I want to see if I can illustrate this a little bit more. If you see it, and I don't know why this illustration came to my head. It's a, it's a little weird, but anyway, hopefully, hopefully you'll get the point. So just say you you see it. I've seen this a few times. You see a dog and it only has three legs, right? What's the, what's the natural reaction of your heart in that moment? The natural reaction of your heart in that moment is not, you know, and, and when you see it really, it's taxing for it. The fact that it has only three legs is taxing for it. You can see it working hard and it's, It's tiresome for the dog. What's your reaction in that moment? Is your reaction, oh, it should just give up. You know what I mean? It's it's just tired of, it should just give up. It should just end, it should just finish. No way, the natural reaction of our heart is, I want to help that dog to have more life. If I could, I would give it another leg. I I would give it more life, more capacity to move forward, to move into new things, to embrace life. But when we have these destinations in our mind that we feel like we, we need to get to, it, it's like we can't wait for life to be over. We, we're not excited about stepping into the years ahead. We're more excited about, in fact, things, things finishing up, things passing by. We're enduring life. Life is weary, it's restless. The interesting thing is, is that never before in the history of the, of, of the world have our circumstances been so good like literally, we are living in the prosperous age. For most of the world, they've never had so many of the luxuries and the things that we have. The middle class is massive now. The, the advances in technology have made our lives so incredibly comfortable and, and good from a circumstantial perspective. And yet, anecdotally, and I think statistically as well, is that even as the circumstances have, have got better, there's, the restlessness, in fact, I think is going up. The weariness with life that I see expressed in our world today is astounding. People are just saying, I I don't even want to work. I just want to kick back and game or watch videos or I just need to get to this. There's no appetite for life at the moment in our culture, in our society. More seems like we're we're living in death is, is what it feels like. It feels like death is getting on top rather than life. I wonder if you feel that here this evening, I wonder if you can relate to a situation in your life where, where, where there's a weariness and there's a, you just feel like you're enduring things rather than, than really living. There's a, a passage in the Bible that, uh, that we want to go to, speaks into this. It's a beautiful passage that, that Jesus gives us, and, uh, and it's found in Luke 10. It's a very familiar story, you, I'm sure you probably would have heard it before, but uh, I just want to see what it says to us tonight, into this, this feeling of weariness, this feeling of restlessness that we can have in our lives. So here's what it says in Luke 10, uh, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So this weariness, this restlessness that, uh, that truly Jesus wants to lift from our lives uh, tonight. I, I hope you just hear that, that that there's, there's life to be had. We don't need to endure life. Uh, Martha in this moment is experiencing one, one of those times, one of those I'm just enduring moment, one of those restless, just let's get this over with. I can't wait for this to be done. She's making preparations. Jesus has come to the house and she's busy and there's lots to do. And in her, in her mind, in that moment, she's saying, the thing that I just need to get is to get this all done. It's to be able to, to serve this people, to have all the preparations made. These are simple domestic duties, an everyday thing. And yet they're causing a restless spirit in Martha. They're causing an anxiety and a worry, in fact, that Jesus says. They're causing her to be bothered and upset, frustrated and weary. We can relate to this. Although Martha's, Martha's restlessness is, is probably, in fact, even more noble than ours because uh, the, the thing, the destination, if we talk about journey and destination, the destination for Martha was to serve people. She was really wanting to make sure the thing that she was aiming for, that she was driving for, was to be able to serve these people well. This is a... F- on the surface, this is a, a far nobler cause than a lot of the things, the destinations that we have. For us, it, it's, it's generally destinations that are about self, things that we want. I just wanna be able to get to the couch, to the Netflix. I just wanna be able to do this I, for myself. I just wanna be able to, to get to the holiday. But nevertheless, there's this restless spirit in her. And, and as we were talking about before, this restlessness um, it, it leads her to, to judge her sister Mary. It leads her to to engage in a way with Mary that is less than love. Just as, as we were saying, when we're restless, you know, we, we want the kids to go to. I mean, I mean, how crazy is that? Like, I'm here. I am wanting my daughter to go to bed rather than rather than loving and and engaging with her. Martha's restlessness means that she, she judges Mary. She treats her harshly in a way which is unloving. Why, Mary, are you being so unhelpful? Can't you see that I'm trying to get this done here? Can't you see that we need to serve these people? Not only does this restlessness mean that she's unloving towards Mary, but it also means that she, she completely mischaracterizes, misunderstands who Jesus is. It leads to a frustration with Jesus himself. I mean, this is, this is an oxymoron when, when she says, Lord, do you not care? She says that to Jesus. Lord, do you not care? Him who is the source of all care, of all love, of all goodness is sitting in her presence and Martha says to her, Lord, do you not care? This is, a, this is something's, something's upside down in Martha in this moment. But, but how often do we do that in these moments of, of restlessness, of endurance? We say, God, really, like, like as if I didn't have enough on my plate and for this to now happen. You know what I mean? Or, or we say, God, I'm just trying to get this done. Surely you could just give me a little bit of help to get to this particular thing that I need to get done. Martha asks Jesus to be complicit in her distracted ways how often do we do this in the midst of this just enduring of life this weariness this lethargy we we ask Jesus for help just Lord if you just help me to get through the week you know if you just help me to get through the exams to get through the assignments to get through the holiday to get through to this next milestone Lord if you could just do this and then we get there and and uh and we say thank you Lord now I'm on holidays and, I, and I'm okay now. Martha's actually seeking to 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 bring God into the 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 restlessness that she's got in her own spirit. Martha's in this place of she's just enduring things. it's it's drudgery, it's hard because she's got her mind set on this one particular thing. I need to get this done. But there seems to be another way to this restlessness. Uh, There seems to be an alternative. We see uh, here in the very same household, Mary, the sister of Martha, is sitting at Jesus' feet in what seems like perfect repose, perfect rest, complete peace. It almost seems like when when you read that passage there, you know, it says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. You can almost, as you read that, you can envision all of the chaos happening around Mary. I mean, anything could be going on at that house at that that very time. She could be in the midst of chaos and yet she would be in complete, at, at complete rest, complete peace. This is what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus is, is walking through life and uh, there's just stuff happening, you know what I mean? There's things happening. The disciples say, Lord, they're about to kill you, God. Uh, uh, Jesus, they're gonna come and get you here. Like we can't go up to Jerusalem. All the crowds are coming. How are we gonna feed them, Lord? Like this is getting really, this is out of control, Jesus. This is is serious, you know what I mean? (laughs) This is some of the, the tone the disciples, and Jesus just seems at rest all the time. You know what I mean? He's in the middle of the storm and he's sleeping. There seems to be this perfect tranquility about this man. And the perfect tranquility of him seems to be in Mary in this moment. We see this of people who, who, who you know of in your life who are godly, who, who genuinely walk with God. Their lives look like this. There's, there's no restlessness. There's no discontent, but there's an appetite for life. You know what I mean? It's not like just an exit out of life, it's, but, but it's, a, it's just a cruising through life with so much happening, lots of things happening around them, but they just seem to be at, at peace. They seem to be serene. There's no discontent. There's no jostling. They always seem to have time to stop and to care for the people that are right in front of them at any one particular point in time. There's a story in Mark 6. We read of Jesus and he's on his way with the disciples. It's busy, you know what I mean? Uh, there's, they've been, it actually says that uh, they were that busy Jesus and the disciples that they didn't even have time to eat. So this is, this is a high demand moment on Jesus' life. He's not sitting in Martha's and Mary's house sort of having a meal. This is a big demand season for Jesus. And in this big demand season, Jesus says, hey, we're gonna go over here. You guys have just been out ministering. I've sent you out. He sends out the 72. They come back. There's this big demand moment for Jesus. There's heaps of people around Him making demands on Him. And He says to the disciples, we need to get away because I want to talk to you about this particular time that you've had, this experience, this ministry experience that you've had. So He says, let's go over here. They get in a boat and they get on a boat. And as they get to where they were heading on the boat across the other, across the other side of the sea, the time that they're on the boat while they were doing that, the crowds actually followed them around and has landed this massive crowd that, that Jesus was trying to get out of the way of to get to this place. They've followed Him around, right? So it's He's gone from high demand high demand he's like we just need to find a place of just seclusion for a moment and all of that high demand just follows him around. And in that moment Jesus isn't frustrated he's like oh would you please leave me alone. He isn't just saying guys like go away for a second i need to talk to my disciples. You know what it says Jesus Jesus said in that moment. He said that Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion on them. For they were like sheep without a shepherd. What comes out of us in the high demand moments in our life? Is it compassion? Is it gentleness and love and peace? This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. What's the secret source? What's the secret source that, that Mary has that Martha doesn't? What's what's the difference between these two women in this moment? Well, Jesus says here in verse 41 and verse 42, he says, Martha, 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 you are worried and you're upset about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. One thing is needed in our lives. One thing is needed for us not to live in a place of restlessness where we're just enduring this drudge of a life where we're really wanting things to finish rather than to open up before us, rather for for new things to be to be taken on, for more responsibility to be taken on. One thing is needed to abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. You see the peace and the, the rest, it's not in us. It's in him. And and as long as we are outside of Him, as long as we have our our mindset on rest in some other destination, as long as we think that rest is getting to the end of the exam, as long as we think rest is getting to the holidays, is getting through this particular season of my life, is getting through this particular ailment, is, is, is getting to the next coffee break, as long as we think rest is there, we will miss out on the only rest that there really is. And that's in the person. Jesus Christ. Look at how gentle our Lord is in her haste, in her restlessness. She's just accused Jesus of not caring, right? So she just said, Lord, like, you don't care. Tell Mary to help me. Look at how this man responds. Don't think he holds your sin against you tonight. Look at how this man responds, Martha. Martha. That's a response of love. Martha, Martha, I wanna tell you, this man is our treasure. This man, Jesus, is our hope. This man is our rest. There is none anywhere else. One thing is needed. It's to abide in him. Who he is, his person Not what he he does, his person, his spirit is rest itself. To be filled with the spirit of Jesus is to be at rest. To abide in him. Martha's busy doing things. They even appear to be very good things. But while her object is something else, she thinks she needs to get all these things done to serve these people. She thinks that, that this is rely on her, that, that, you know what I mean? She sees the destination is to get things, these things done here. While her object is not abiding in Jesus, there will be a restlessness of spirit. Life will be hard. There will be a lethargy, a drudgery, a weariness even if we're doing apparently what what seems to be very good things on the surface. If we are not abiding in Christ, we will be weary. Mary's rest was not because she didn't need to make preparations. In fact, I'm very sure that, uh, I'm very sure she would have been so happy to get up in that moment and give Martha a hand. But the difference would have been this, is that Mary would have got up for, I, almost, I can picture that. You know, Jesus says this statement and then he sort of, he sort of says, he looks at Mary and Mary would have gone and, and helped Martha. And, and Mary would have in that moment realised to, imbi- to abide in Jesus is to help my sister and to love her. But she would have been serving out of a different place. She would have been making those preparations not, not to, to, so that she can get to some destination, not so that she can get something done, but so she can abide in Christ. Jesus says it somewhere else like this in John 6, 25 to 27. He's just fed the 5,000, okay? So He's just done this massive miracle, fed all these people. And it says this, when they found Him, Jesus, on the other side of the lake, right? So He gets in a boat, cruises off. They go looking for Him again, high demands. When He gets on the other side of the lake, they ask Him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for Me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, the reason why you're chasing after me is because you want someone who can fill your physical stomach. You're working for the food for a wrong destination. You're working for an earthly destination. And then he says this, do not work for the food that spoils. Work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. Who Jesus is, is rest itself. This is how Paul expressed it in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether the kids are well-behaved or whether they're running amok, whether the assignment's hard or whether it's easy, whether I'm in a season of, of being sick or whether I'm healthy, whether I'm in a season of, of um. Difficult things in my life or not, I have learned the secret of being content in every and 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 every situation. Whether I, my body is fueled with sleep or fueled with coffee or not, I know what it is to have rest, and it's this: I can do all things. It says through the Greek actually word says this: I can do all this in Him who gives me strength. Paul literally says that. I can do all this. In other words, I can be content when I am in Him who strengthens me. You know, if you're here tonight and you're wondering about the existence of God, you're wondering about, oh, does God exist? You know, what are the arguments for the reality of God? How do I know for sure? you know, God, will you show up and give me a definitive sign that you're real, et cetera, et cetera. If you're wondering that, I wanna give you the best testimony you will ever get for the existence of God. Think about the time where you've been weary. Think about the time where you've you, you felt like life, you've just been enduring it. And now I wanna ask you, in that time, were you aiming to abide in Christ or not? The very fact that that lethargy and weariness and the thirst really for death comes when we're not abiding in Him demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt that life really is in Him, that He really is the fountain of life. You don't need to go up and and come up with all these apologetic and, and theological arguments to know the existence of God. Your own heart testifies to the truth. Eternal life is in Him. Friends, the rest that we are looking for in our lives so that our lives aren't a burden is in Him. Abiding in Him minute by minute, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, year by year. So what, is it, what does it mean to abide in Him? You know, we're using that, that sort of term that's come out of the Bible. Mary's there, she's abiding in Jesus in that moment. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that you need to quit your job and go to a monastery and pray lots. Just to let you know, I hope that's reassuring for you. You don't need to quit your job and and go and live in a monastery. You don't need to quit your job so that you can pray for 12 hours every day for the rest of your life. You don't need to do that. That's not God's intention for us. You don't need to free up five hours of your day to be able to read the Bible for five hours. You don't need to do that. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Martha's experience of doing a very domestic, simple duty, preparing food, which in fact, the Lord would have her doing, could have been transformed if the reason, her object, the, the aim of what she was seeking to do there was to abide in Christ Jesus All she needed to do was to shift her aim from, I just need to get this done to, I just need to abide in Christ. She could do exactly the same tasks. It wouldn't look any different from the outside, but it would be completely different, completely different. There's a quote here, while you simply resolve, while you simply resolve, in other words, while you only think of one thing, to live as if you were His and that He was in you, every lowly duty in your family, every effort to be useful in your neighbourhood, every body and every soul which you can comfort will be a new bond to Christ, a new pledge and assurance of His presence. If you're here tonight and you're wondering, God, I just wanna know more of your presence. I just wanna know that you're you're with me throughout my day. The way that you can do it is to take what you're doing and rather say, I need to study to get this exam done, to get the mark so that I can get the goal, get, get the job and get the career. All you need to do in that moment is to say, I need to abide in Christ. How can I abide in Christ right now? And as you do it, I wanna tell you, as you take that step forward and make that your object, you will be amply aware of the presence of God with you. Christ will be abiding in you. Uh, to explain this a little bit more, I wanna tell you how I, from time to time, abide in my mother. Sounds really weird, uh, but let me explain this. So uh, this is the best illustration I've come up, come up with. So uh, about 10 years ago, and it was about 10 years ago, and at the time I was working in finance and uh, uh, you know, I was, I was about to leave home and all that sort of stuff. And uh, my mum's like, well, I need, you, I need to teach you how to iron your shirts. And I thought, yep, that's actually fair enough. So, um, so I said, come and teach me, mum. So I, I started ironing my shirts. And, and, you know, I had to wear the long sleeve button up collared, like, you know, dress shirts to work every day. And so there was, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of this ironing. And she taught me uh, how to do this. I don't remember a lot. But I remember one thing. She said, the first, and if, if you didn't know this, here you go. Free tip on ironing tonight from my mother. I don't know whether it's correct, but to her, it's been helpful, helpful for me. So she said, she said, turn the shirt over. So if you think of a dress shirt, and you know the back part that sort of runs across the collar there and there's that like segment of material, you know that part there. So she said, fold that and iron that first. That's the very first thing that you need to do. And then just iron the rest of the shirt. I don't know whether she said just iron She probably told me all the other steps, but that's all I remember now is to iron that part of the shirt first. And so from time to time, what I do is that I abide in my mother. Every time I get a dress shirt out now, actually not every time, sometimes I don't abide in her. But a lot of the time I get a dress shirt out and I turn it over and I iron that part of the shirt first. I obey the word of my mother. And in that moment, I am abiding in who my mother is. And in fact, she is abiding in me. Marie Sweetman is being manifested on my ironing board. Now I didn't, no, serious. Look, that's not who I am. I would have had no idea. I would have just done it however I wanted it. I listen to her, what her word is, who she is. I seek to obey it. And that is what it means to abide. And in that moment, I abide in her, she abides in me. Now, I don't walk throughout my day thinking I need to abide in my mum. (laughs) But God willing, I will walk throughout my day saying, I need to abide in Christ. I need to abide in him. I need to take my work. I need to take this Excel spreadsheet. I need to take this conversation that I'm having I need to take this, this meeting that I'm about to have. I need to take this interaction with my daughter. I need to take this domestic duty in my family. I need to take this and I need to take all of it. And in every moment, I need to say, what does it mean to abide in Christ and live in that way? We talked before about the illustration. You're about to sit down and you know, you've, you've got all the assignments done, all the exams done. That's been your goal because you can see in that moment, I'm gonna be able to game for the next three hours. You're about to sit down and game and the text comes through or, or the call comes through from your mom or the message, You know she, she, she comes to you from the other room and says, hey, I, oh, I just need your help with this from your dad, from your brother, from your friend, from your mate. In that moment, you have a choice. Jesus, who he is, the way that he expressed who he was, he says, anyone who asks of you, give to them. Give to them. So someone's come and asked for your help. In that moment, you, you have a decision. You can say, I'm either going to, to abide in this, what I want and what I wanna do, or I'm going to abide in Christ Jesus and who He is. And there'll be something in you that says, no, 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 the gaming's where the rest is. If, if, I, if I game for the next three hours or if I watch this movie, if I watch Netflix, that's really what's gonna make me feel rested and, and that's what's gonna be able to let me endure all of the uni work and all of the study tomorrow. I need to have this. Jesus is saying to you tonight, no, no, you need to abide in me. This is the only place where life is found. And so friends, will we trust him? Will we trust him? This requires diligence. It requires labor. You know, Jesus said, do not labor for the food that spoils, labor for the food that gives eternal life. This is not something that you'll just fall into. You know what you'll fall into? You'll fall into Netflix. You'll fall into, I need the holiday. You'll fall into, I need this. It requires a decision of the will. It requires diligence and and focus. Jesus said, come and follow me. Do not take your eyes off me. Don't look into the right and to the left. Keep your eyes fixed on me and labour and move and work and follow and put yourself in me. You will find rest for your souls. but we need to trust him. We need to take him at his word. You might be thinking here tonight, well, I don't know. I don't know how to abide in Christ when I wake up tomorrow morning and go to work. That's okay. The thing that he would say to you tonight is, the first thing you know that you're, the the, the thing you're doing at the moment that's not currently abiding in him, just leave that behind. The, thing that, the first thing that comes to your heart that you know He's, he's said, you know that's why we need to read the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The first thing you know that He said that you, you're saying, this is who He is and I'm not currently doing it, just do that. If we do everything He's told us to do, everything we, He's said for us to do, it will not be long before we know uh, what He wants us to do in the things that He hasn't talked about because we will be filled with His Spirit. The very life of God will come and dwell and abide in us. Jesus' call to you tonight is: "Is David, David? You're worried about many things. One thing is needed. Beck, Beck, you're worried about many things. One thing is needed. Matt. <laughs> You're worried about many things. You're just trying to get through the day and get your daughter to bed so that you can do whatever you wanna do. Leave it behind. Abide in me. Such a simple, clear message. You can wake up tomorrow and you can do this. This is what it means to follow Jesus. So we're gonna pray together. We're gonna thank God that he's revealed this to us and then we're going to uh, close with that song that we sung before let's let's pray yeah it's so it's so liberating in fact lord because maybe there's some people here tonight and and they've come here tonight thinking you know what i really need i just need that but they've been thinking about it you know maybe it's it's to get that particular grade or maybe it's to get that particular job or get that particular relationship and they've been and they've come here and they've that's been on their heart, but they've actually said, I can't. I don't have the finances, or or, or I don't have the the time, or I don't have the capacity, or I don't have the, the network. And so there's a despondency, there's a there's a sense of the thing that I really need, I can't even get. Oh, should I just give up? Should I just finish? How can I endure another day? Living Lord, one who is alive and you're seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father tonight. You speak to each one of us tonight, to that person in particular, and you say, life is on offer. I know you've been thinking it's here. I don't condemn you for that, but you need to turn. You need to come and and abide. So even now in your heart, if you know that's you, if you've been feeling a lethargy, if you've been feeling like, oh, life is so weary, do I really want next week to come, let alone next year? You know, if I could just, oh, I just need a holiday. I just need to get the kids off my hands. I just need a break from this job or whatever it is. Why don't you just hear the Lord speak to you tonight? Speaking your name to you tonight. And it's not in a harsh tone. He spoke so gently to Martha. Spoke so gently to her, Martha, Martha. Come, I want to abide in you. See, that's the thing here tonight. God, you want to abide in us. This was your plan from the beginning. This is why you you sent your son to die for us, that he might abide in us, that we might abide in you, that we might study unto the Lord, that we might work, do our, do our vocation unto the Lord, that we might raise our families and our children unto the Lord, that we might uh, endure the sickness unto the Lord, that in fact, we might even die unto the Lord. Paul says that in, in Romans 13, if I live, I live unto the Lord. If I die, I die unto the Lord. For Christ has died for me. He's opened the way. And so I wanna tell you, whatever it is that you're doing tonight, whatever the circumstances are of your life, I don't know what they are, I know a few of you, but I don't know every, I wanna tell you, you can live unto the Lord. You can abide in Christ. It's a decision of the will. He's gonna empower you. And as you decide to do that and step into that in faith, He will fill you with His Holy Spirit. And that rest that you've been craving for, that time of saying, oh, life is good. I want more of it. I want next year to come. I'm excited about the next decade. that will be you and glory will go to the Heavenly Father because you'll say, oh, Jesus, the rest that I need is in you. It's always been in you, but thank you for leading me to yourself. So Father, we open our hearts to you tonight. And I pray, pray that in this place, there'd be people making a decision of the will tonight. Me, a fresh Lord, this is a fresh decision. Moment by moment, day by day to say, I wanna abide in Christ. Father, thank You that You are giving everything for this to, to actually happen, for us to find the eternal life in You. We worship You in Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Let's stand, this so- stand and sing this song. Let's thank God that He's, He's sent His Son, that we might have the eternal life that is in Jesus Christ as we abide in Him moment by moment, day by day.
1: to you as we wrap up and pray but quote by Charles Trumbull he says this the resources of the Christian life are just Jesus Christ the many references to Christ in you you in Christ Christ our life and abiding in Christ are literal actual blessed fact and not figures of speech he goes on to say this Jesus Christ does not I think this is so liberating. He says Jesus Christ does not want to be a helper. He wants to be our life. He does not want us to work for Him. He wants us to let Him do His work through us, using us as we use a pencil to write with. Better still, using us as one of the fingers of His hand. Father, I thank You that uh, the the liberating how liberating that is for our lives, great God. That rest of knowing that You're not longing for us to do work for You, but You want to work through us. And then it's not us trying to maintain or work or achieve something for You, but it's You, Holy Spirit in us and through us. And that's the liberating fact. It's You, it's it's walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh, but walking in the Spirit, abiding in You, as we've heard here tonight abiding in the Creator of the universe. It's extraordinary thought. And so God, I know this is difficult in our culture because everything bombards us. I think we're living in a world today where uh, this is how we live. This is huge. We live with a constant mentality. I've just got to get through this. I've just got to achieve this. I've just got to get through this season. Then I'll be okay. Then the rest will come. Then then I'll feel uh, a lot better. But great God, This is life right now as we're living and You're wanting to work in us and through us, great God. And we just need to allow You to, to do that. We need to surrender our hearts afresh to You so that You might do that in us, that we might abide in You and allow You, Holy Spirit, to work through us. So great God, I just wanna pray for all of us tonight as we go about our days tomorrow and our weeks this week, Father God, I just pray that we'll live with a new sense of abiding in You, regardless of what it might be, uh, that we would live with that heart and that aspect, great God, help us to do that, Father. Show us how to do that. For some of us, for some of us, it's still a sense of like, what does that look like? Well, I just pray that you'd reveal that to us and show show us how to do that, great God. We pray, so that we might know fullness of life. I believe it's a promise from you that we might like find life and life to the full in you. And so, show us what that looks like, great God. We pray, Lord. We worship you. We love you, and we thank you that this this can be found in You, great God. And what an honour and a privilege. We thank You so much and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. It's been really good to have you here tonight. It's great to have you online as well, but feel free to hang around afterwards as well, grab some food and catch up. If you want prayer, we'd love to pray for you as well, but God bless you so much. Have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.